Welcome back to the Blind Side Rewind. This episode has been a long time coming. Um, I'm Jeremy Timmerman. Justin is not with me tonight. Um, we've had a lot of like, <laughs> this is going to sound like we have personal issues between us. We didn't. There's no personal issues between us, but we've just had personal things going on. Uh, some not so great. Some just life. You know, I got kids. Um, we both have jobs, things like that. Um, we've also had some technical issues. And so I just wanted to get an episode out there because it's been a couple months since we were able to do that. Um, and Justin was a little tied up. So I am here by myself. Uh, we did finish our watch through of China and we have some reactions to that that I'll uh, wait until Justin and I are together to maybe give us, give you those. And we are starting a watch in Samoa. Um, so that's going to be our next season that we're going to review. And I thought I would go through tonight and um, so this seemed like a good kind of filler episode. Um, and I don't mean that in a, this is meaningless, why am I listening this kind of way, but filler between larger um, themes. You know, we had, first we did Token Chains and we, we kind of wrapped that up and, and then we did Kageon and we did Millennials versus Gen X and, and now we're, we're doing, we did China and, and then now we're going to Samoa. This kind of fits kind of between. Uh, so filler in that sense. So please keep listening, and I appreciate you for appreciate you for listening. And if you're somebody who listened before and waited a couple months and came back and listened, I, I completely appreciate you um, giving us another shot after we we left you for so long. And so one thing that Justin and I have talked about is that when we watch, we watch two different ways. Justin watches. As a fan, I would even consider him a super fan. He's watched a lot of seasons. He gets into the theory. He gets into the edit. He gets into all of those things that if you're listening to this and you consider you're a super fan, the things you get into. Um, Justin can watch the edit and tell you who's going to win. Uh, generally before, um, definitely before I can, uh, he, he knew that Tony was going to win um, much earlier than I than I did. Uh, obviously I'm not an idiot. I saw that the edit was there and that, that he was someone who was getting a favorable bit of TV time. Um, and that the storyline was there, but Justin was, was on top of it. Uh, same with, uh, Tommy in Island of the Idols. We didn't record during that season, but we did, um, we did watch together. Uh, well, sort of, we, we, we would message each other during the, the episodes. Um, so he, he knew that, that Tommy was going to win Island of the Idols, um, before I had accepted it. I knew that that was what everyone said about the edit, but I could see where, where other people were, were had a shot like Dean. Um, so all that to say, Justin watches as a super fan. He watches as somebody who's watching the trends. He's watching the edits. He's watching the, um, you know, who gets what confessional counts he's he's watching to see how the story is told and he watches for characters and, you, and the first time we really noticed this was our responses to somebody like coach coach was really one of the ones that made me realize like and then we, we may have come to this realization on that first episode when we were going over who could win how could each of those people win? If you, if you want to go back and listen to our first episode, we had already finished Token Chains, and we went through how each person playing that season could have won. And when we got a coach, what I realized is that he was he loves Coach because he's an entertaining character. And while I recognize that Coach is an entertaining character, 
I realized I was responding to coach as if I were a player. Now, I say this to say at that time, it's not like I've ever had some great plan to go on Survivor. Now, I do intend on applying and sending a video and doing that whole thing at some point. But it's not like I sit and watch and go, okay, this is how I would beat this person. This is how I would beat this person. But that I just realized that that's how I was responding to Coach. So I cannot stand Coach. Or I couldn't at least when we were watching Token Chain. Because I was watching his antics going, I couldn't live in camp with this guy. He's so phony. I can tell he's phony. I can tell he's fake. I can tell, like, I don't like this uh, Dragon Slayer. I don't like this. We got to go after Brendan because he's the leader. I, I just, all of that irked me. I didn't like the way he handled Candace. It I just bothered me. And I realized it's because I'm not watching him as a character. I'm watching him as a real person, as though I'm also a real person there in camp with him. And so as we realized that, I've watched and kind of thought about how I would play Survivor. And if I were able to get on Survivor, how I would respond to situations and how what, what my strategy would be. Now, first of all, I think the full-on strategy of how you would approach each situation, I think would be foolish, at least for me and the way I operate, to plan it out before I got there. Because each season is different. Um, I can tell you that Rick Devins, I know Rick Devins. We've talked about this on the episode. I I know I knew Rick before he was even on Survivor. I knew him maybe not before he applied. I don't know when he applied. Um, but he and I were sort of competitors when I was at the newspaper that Justin works at now. Um, and he was a TV anchor here in town. We would be at stories, you know, covering sto- same stories for different outlets. I think actually the first time I met him, he was in participating in a uh, local celebrities versus um, students wheelchair basketball game, or it might've been wheelchair football on a basketball court. But either way, um, he was just kind of, it was a cool, fun community event and he was there. And uh, I think that was the first time I met Rick. But anyway, I knew Rick. I can tell you that while Rick is not, I'm not telling you that Rick is not athletically gifted, but Rick would not win. Um, Rick would not be your most athletic man in the room in a lot of rooms. He's just not that. He's not um, an Aussie or a James from um, China, uh, Survivor China. He's not that physical monster. But in that cast, he was. Um, because he is a, an athletic guy. He plays basketball. Um, some, he's, you know, he is, a, he is a physically fit human being. Um, but he's just not somebody who I don't, I, I would, I would bet if you talk to Rick, he would not tell you that in all of his years watching Survivor, he saw himself as a challenge beast. Okay. Um, but he became one that season because of how that cast shook out and who got voted out early and who remained on the edge of extinction when he came back across to the main Island. He was a challenge beast. He won a lot of challenges. He found a lot of idols. Um, so I, I don't think I think a lot of how you play has to come down to um, what kind of cast you're in. Who, what other people are in your cast? What kind of characters are on your cast? Um, I tend to be very high energy, but I can tell you that if I got into a tribe that was more chill and more laid back. I'm not going to be high energy. And that leads to my first point about how what I do 
think is important about how I would play the, the larger themes of my strategy. If I were to play the game of survivor, the first thing I would do is when you get there and you're in your tribe, I would try not to draw too much attention to myself. Now, as I've said before, I'm a big dude. I'm six, four, probably about 220 pounds right now. Um, all that to say, I'm somebody that if I, in most tribes, I'm going to be the big guy. I'm going to be the guy that people are going to look at. I have a big personality. I'm outgoing. So I'm going to draw some attention to myself. But it almost, you know, probably half the seasons we've watched, there's somebody that as soon as they get to the beach, they take off and they're running to look for idols or they're pulling people aside and they're having side conversations. That's not going to be me because I don't think that you can win Survivor by doing those things on the first day. But I do think you can lose Survivor by doing those things on the first day. You can get sent home by being that person on the first day. And even if you don't get sent home the first day, you put that thought in people's mind. I don't really want to be somebody who has any negative marks on me. I think about Reem. Uh, first day of Edge of Extinction. She's moving people's clothes so they can dry out. She's being nice. She's taking care of them. But like all it takes because you have three days, two or three days. I, you know, I, think, I think it's three in most seasons, maybe all seasons. You have just a couple days there before people start deciding who they're going to send home. You haven't been able to build strong relationships. You might not have had a chance to connect with everybody on your tribe in a way that you'd like to. And one of the tribes is going to be looking for somebody to send home. So for me, the big thing is if I got to on Survivor first couple days at, at camp, I have a pretty good idea of how I could build a shelter. Never tried to do it with bamboo, but I feel like I could figure it out. Am I going to be the person who's shouting orders? No, I'm not. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to work. But this is an area where, like I talked about, um, it depends on what your cast is. If my guess is there will be somebody in my tribe who wants to step up and be a leader, who wants to be that person. There always seems to be somebody in every tribe who wants that. I'm going to let them do that. I'm going to work. I'm going to help with shelters. I'm going to help collect firewood. I'm going to do all that stuff. Before I went on Survivor, I would learn how to make fire the way they make it. I'm going to be involved in that stuff. I'm not going to make a big deal out of that stuff. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to be in, be in the workforce. I'm going to start building relationships, but I'm not going to be the person who's trying to set up hardcore alliances on day one. Now, I do know that works. I've seen it happen. Uh, perfect example, Todd in China set up a day one alliance that, that worked and they won and he won and he got his alliance all the way to the end. But I've also seen people that worked that worked hard on it right out the gate and it didn't work for them. Because sometimes you set up an alliance with those people and then they do something dumb and they go home. Day one or day three or whatever it is that first tribal council and now you're screwed or you have an alliance like I, I was in a conversation with somebody the other day online millennials versus gen x jay taylor figgy michelle um i think if you had told jay and michelle from day one that figgy and taylor were gonna become a 
weird performative showmance, for, for lack of a better word. Not only were they a showmance, they made a big deal out of it. I think if you had told them that, they would not have signed up with those people. They would not have aligned themselves because we know how big of a deal it is in Survivor. So I'm going to start like building relationships and, you know, I'm going to get to know people and I'm going to um, try to help people where I can, but I'm not going to really get into like really hardcore strategy in the first couple days because that's such a high risk reward thing. Yeah. You can set yourself up with somebody who you can take all the way to the final two, final three, whatever, but you can also screw yourself that way. But where I don't think you can screw yourself is just by talking to people and helping out around camp. Now, I go back to the point I made earlier. If I'm in a tribe where, oh, we don't have another natural leader, we don't have anybody who's stepping up and trying to direct us to build a shelter, I'm going to step in and do that. I'm at that point because I do, you know, I've, I've watched it and I've built enough things sort of that I, that I think I could hammer my way through um, building a little shelter out of bamboo with, with, nine other people helping me so that's that's a thing where i think too many times you have that person who you can tell they came out there with the intent that they were going to be the leader of their tribe coach definitely did and in the end you know, it, it took a while but in the end that's that's why he didn't win survivor is because he went out there to be something that um ended up getting voted off um and Brendan went home because Coach wanted to be a leader, and Brendan got forced into a leadership role by a question from Jeff. So that wasn't Brendan's fault, but that's just an example. If if I were on a tribe with somebody like Coach, and I tried to assert myself as a leader, and he took that as a challenge, I could get myself in trouble. So right out of the gate, I'm not going to draw attention to myself. I'm going to help in challenges. I'm not. I'm definitely not going to pull the I'm going to be lazy in challenges and be lazy around camp so that I can kick it in later and, and do well like our buddy John Robert from China. Definitely not doing that. Um, but I also think that there's some value in if I am in a tribe where I could be the physical star, might dial it back a little bit. Um because there's an awful lot of precedent in Survivor for that kind of person being somebody that you take to, um, you take to the merge, and then you get rid of them as soon as you can. So, you know, if you had asked me a year ago, well, Jeremy, if you played Survivor, um, how important do you think it would be to to win? Immunity challenges as a tribe. I would have told you that's the most important thing in the tribal phase. Uh, keep me here is my goal. And there's no better way to keep me here than by winning tribal challenges. And I still think that's true to a degree. Um, I still think that's, that is the most foolproof way for someone like me to make sure that I can stay. Um, because I said I'm a big personality. There's a chance that I can rub people the wrong way. There's a chance that I could say something that that I didn't mean to hurt. If it, or maybe I did. Maybe I was in a foul mood about you know something that was going on at camp, and I ticked somebody off, and now I'm the person they want to send home. They can't send me home if we just win. Um, but for me personally, 
if I am in a situation where I've found myself as the most physically gifted person in my tribe, the, the person that should be pulling weight in, in immunity challenges, and I feel safe otherwise, I'm not saying I'd throw a challenge, but there's value for me in not putting a target on my back and not making myself someone that is an immediate target as soon as we get past the merge. So that's another thing that would have to depend. But um, I would want both of those weapons in my back. I would want both of those options that um, I, I can lay back as to not put a target on my back, but I can also uh, go hard in challenges to either A, win the challenge, or B, make sure I don't get sent home. Because early, early in the game, it, if you're the person who, you know, we lost this challenge, but, you know, if we send Jeremy home, we're, we're never going to win. I want to be that guy. Um, so, so in the end, I think that would win out. You know, you, you're kind of hearing my internal thought process here. In the end, I think that side would win out. I do. I think that I would end up busting my tail because the I laid back and we lost only works if you're not a target. And the best way to ensure you're not a target is to bust your tail, at which point you might win the challenge. So I, I, I just think in the tribal phase, for, for somebody like me, the more I think about it, best way, best path for me going forward would be to make myself the person who is irreplaceable in challenges. Um, and I think I can do that because in, in every, it's like we said when we were talking about Cliff in Kageon. In every challenge, there's, and I'm not anywhere near as big as Cliff, but in every challenge, especially at the team phase, there's a role that, well, if you're just the biggest person there, you're going to have a, an advantage. If you're the biggest person there, you're going to be an asset. There's always a role. There's, you know, you got to pick up something big. You got to, um, Man, it'd be really nice if we had somebody who could just put these smaller people up this wall a little more. You know, there, there's always room for that. So I think that, that would be my role. But again, still, I think strategically, so, so I'm, I'm working hard in challenges. I'm helping around camp. Um, socially, I'm making connections with everybody. I think in the tribal phase, you can really mess yourself up trying to set any too firm alliances. Be too firm of alliances because one, you don't know if swaps are coming. Uh, you don't know if complete tribe swaps are just the kind of swaps we saw in China where it's one or two people. Um, and if you're too tied to alliances within your tribe, that can be an issue. Now, if, if, if a natural alliance forms where like I've got a couple of people that we think alike, we're voting alike, we have similar goals, um, there are people that I think I can trust – and there are people that are helping in challenges and, and aren't going to be because sometimes you align yourself with somebody that's a physical dead weight in challenges. And now you're having to argue for why this person shouldn't be voted off when for your tribe they probably should be. And now you've made not only them a target, but now you're a target because you're the person who was being uh, contrarian to what the rest of the tribe wanted. So you really got to be careful with those um intra-tribal um, alliances in my opinion so I'm building relationships I'm, I'm trying not to get too tight and I think some honesty is needed now 
I know you can't be too honest in Survivor. Um, but I think what would help in like a jury management sense is I would never promise somebody that I'm taking them all the way to the end. I'm going to let them say that, but unless they force me, I'm going to say things like, you know, they say, Hey, let's take this thing all the way to the end. And I'm going to say something like, um, I'm, I'm not going to hesitate. You know, I, this, this is, I'm hesitating now, but in this situation, I would have this phrasing ready. They say, you know, well, I, th- I think you and I, I think you're somebody I can take to the end. And I'm going to say something like, yeah, I trust you. Now, maybe they pick up on the fact that I didn't say I'm going to take them all the way to the end, but maybe not. Because in the heat of a conversation, you don't pick up, especially if there's multiple people, there's three of us. I'm going to say, yeah, what you guys are saying, man, that sounds really good. Man, that sounds good. Um, I'm going to say things like, yeah, final three. Wow. Yep. And it sounds like I've just promised it, but I never promised it. And maybe it comes back to bite me anyway. Maybe they take it as though I promised that, but I didn't. And I'm going to find ways to avoid those kinds of conversations because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes you figure out that that's a person that you need to vote out and you end up not only losing your ally in the game, but you lose their jury vote later. So I'm going to be really careful with things like that. Strategically, I don't want to be the one driving the votes in the tribe phase. I don't have any interest in that. Now, I'm not going to be a complete Sandra. As long as it's not me, it's fine. But I'm not going to be the person because we saw, we've seen how many times with Michaela and Millennials versus Gen X, um, the, the people like that that are driving the action in the tribal phase, It's all it takes is one wrong conversation, one step too far, one person who has already had conversations with other people and now they're listening to you and your strategy doesn't jive with what everybody else is doing. And now all of a sudden you have made yourself the next target for a different alliance. So I'm going to be somebody who I'm going to let somebody else make the moves in the tribal phase. Um, I'm going to be aware of what's going on. I'm not going to be just lazy and not involved in strategy, but I think there's a lot of benefit to be made of letting other people in the tribal phase specifically, letting other people drive the action. So to me, that's how I get to the merge. I show up on the beach. um, I work. um, I'm a leader if I need to be. If I don't need to be, I'm just somebody who's just doing work. Uh, I'm I'm probably going to end up working hard in challenges and trying to be a real asset there. Socially, I'm connecting with people, and I'm trying to stay connected to as many people as possible um, in a non-aggressive way. I'm not like aggressively pulling people aside one by one, and now I've had a one-on-one conversation with everybody. Um, just, just making relationships, just establishing relationships within the tribe. And if, if a network forms, if an alliance forms, if a block forms, so be it. And strategically, um, <clears throat> I'm not trying to drive the action, but I'm trying to be involved in the action. I want to be because I feel like with the other with the other bricks I've laid, I'm going to be somebody that whoever is driving the action is going to trust me, and that's what I want. So that 
is how I'm going to handle the tribal phase if I ever get on Survivor. So hopefully with that strategy, I've made it to the merge. I've got relationships with people within my tribe. Now, this is where my what I feel like my social game has played out and my, my strategy. No matter if I've done this well, no matter who gets through the merge with me, I will have allies coming from my tribe. I don't run the risk of being the person that, yeah, made it to the merge with four other people from his tribe, but they're all in another alliance and he's the last person remaining from his alliance. So now, so now if you're that person, you either have to, um, if you're that person, you either have to, you either have to get on with the other tribe or you're a one man Island. And, uh, I don't think I can trust my physical game enough to do that. So the other thing that that presents is if I've done the rest of my strategy well, I will, I will already have relationships with those people that are in my, that, that are coming from my tribe to the merged tribe. So maybe I'm not hardcore in an alliance with those people, but I've probably voted with them enough that they consider that I, they consider me as such. Um, and I may be splitting hairs there, you know, maybe, maybe at that point, if I voted with them and we got to the merge together, I'm a part of their alliance. Um, but I'm going to be somebody who I'm not going to actively seek out the other side, but there's a lot of, um, credit that can be gotten by being the person who is willing to flip to the other tribe. Now, I'm not going to be flipping flopping all crazy, but uh, being open to that has lots of benefits. Um, if you're the per first person that jumps over, you get credit for being the one, you can take credit for being the one that turned the tide of the game. And I'm sitting here telling you now that this is something that's a part of my strategy. So if I can claim that, listen, I came into the merge and I, I knew that somebody was going to need, somebody would have the opportunity to jump ship and change the tide of this game. And I felt like it needed to be me. I felt like that was smart for my game. I can, if I get to the final tribal, that can be a move that I can claim when really all that happened is the other tribe came to me and said, Hey, we want to pull you over. And I said, yup, but it's strategy because I planned it now. Um, so that, that's one little thing. Um, I think too many people get caught up in we're going to be Canberra uh, strong or we're going to be whatever, whatever the tribe is. We hear it with every tribe. We're going to be, we're the, you hear it. We're going to be the Lottie da six, you know, whatever the case may be, you hear it. Um, and it really doesn't work out. And part of this, cause they're focused so much on their original tribe getting all the way to the end or this, this, this core four from their original tribe or this three getting all the way through that they don't even see that, yeah, that we have this core four, but I'm number four. And if I just flipped right now, I could forge a new alliance with these other people where maybe I'm number one because I'm the one who made a move. They needed me. If I stay here, these people didn't even, you know, I was just their number four. If I flip over, I'm the one they needed, and now I'm in charge over there. Um, so I think you got to be open to that, but you also have to be open to sticking with what you got. Um, don't flip just because 
keep your eye out for when it's the right time. Um, because the person that flips all the time, the person that flips at the, at the, at the earliest whim, that didn't always work out. Um, and a lot of times those are people that end up sticking around to the end because they can't win. And I think we saw that with Cass and Kagiyan, honestly. I think if Cass was, um, the only reason Cass was around at the end is because nobody was going to let her win. And, um, part of that is because she was always looking to flip. She was always looking for the chaos vote, always looking for the, what can shake things up the most. And that's not what I want to do. Um, I'm going to be open to the flip and probably only going to do it once. Um, because I, I need it to be a strategic move and it's not strategic if you do it every time. Um, but in, in the post merge, I'm probably going to be somebody who as as much as I wouldn't want to be in this position, I'm going to have to win some immunity challenges because I'm going to be somebody that's a fit, that's going to be, even if I'm not, because I'm going to be seen as somebody who's a physical threat. I'm going to be seen as somebody, especially, you know, because obviously I'm talking about a newbie season. This isn't my third season. People are going to look at me and say, okay, that's somebody who can probably win some challenges. So we need to make sure that we get him out. So I'm probably going to have to win some challenges and find some idols. So I'm going to be, I'm going to find time to look for idols. I'm going to make that a priority. Um, and I'm also going to, you know, I'm not somebody who can sit out of immunity challenges for food. Um, because I think I'm going to need to win as many of those as possible. Um, and this is where we get into like some of these reward challenges and some of these, uh, you know, you, you win an individual reward challenge and you get to pick people to go with you. And I think you have to be so careful with those. <clears throat> and, and I hear all the time about people who had plans for that. And I really think the best way to play that is it's a perfect example of something that depends on the kind of cast you're in. Um, there are some situations where uh, I know there are people that have that claim that they intentionally didn't win the loved ones challenge because it didn't suit their game. Well, maybe that's the, the situation or maybe I can win the loved one challenge and that's how I form an alliance with people that I didn't have an alliance with before that, you know, there, so there are things that it would just depend on the cast I was in the situation I was in. Um, but that's something that I have the luxury to have that, um, that some a lot of other people aren't going to have the luxury of doing. There are a lot of challenges. Slide puzzles aren't one of them. But there are a lot of challenges where I can probably decide, not that whether I'm going to win or not. I'm not that kind of physical player. But I could decide, am I going to challenge for this or am I not? Um, and... I have that advantage, um, and and post merge, I think I think that's where the the social game has to get more intentional. Um, the, after the merge is where I'm really going to look, and that's why I say when I, if I flip, it's only going to be once. After the merge is where I'm going to look to start making some alliances, because I think a lot of times people limit themselves to to uh, aligning with people that they played with on their original tribe. And that, that, they may not be the best fits for your game. They may not be the best way to get you to the end. There may be somebody who was on the other tribe that you can connect with better um, and who fits your goals more. Um, because if, 
if you align with somebody and they're your biggest threat for immunity, it won't take them long to figure out they need to get you out of the way. But you may find somebody on the other side that um, maybe they're not the physical threat that you would have wanted to work with in the tribal phase. But they're really good at puzzles, so maybe they can win an immunity that you couldn't win after the merge, and you guys can work together and, and, and help protect each other. Um, or maybe they've got some inroads with some people on the other side that you couldn't necessarily get. So why would I want to limit myself to only the people on my side? But after the merge... I'm really going to start trying to hone in on alliance. That's when I'm going to try to make sure I've got my people that I'm in tight with. Um, because after the merge, that's when th they don't need you anymore. You know, they don't need you to be able to help with fire. They don't need you to be able to win a, a team challenge because they might not ever be on your team again. Sure. There are some reward challenges where they put you on teams, but they don't know who that's going to be. So, being an asset no longer keeps you in the game. You've got to have votes. It doesn't matter. You know, we've seen it. Jay and Millennials versus Gen X is a perfect example of eventually he just ran out of numbers and there was nothing he could do. If he didn't win the individual immunity, he was cooked. And that's what I don't want to happen to me. So after the merge is when I'm really going to solidify my alliance. So... When I say that I'm, I'm going to be willing to flip to the other side, that's going to be something that, you know, immediately after the merge, I'm going to evaluate where's my home. Where are the people that I can stick with? Probably going to be from my original tribe, but I'm going to be open to the concept that it's not. And that's where I'm going to start driving some strategy to. After the merge is where I'm going to start coming in and saying, okay, listen. Um, because uh, twice we've seen Tony win and... We saw JT win where the time to get him out was early. And I'm going to be somebody who's going to be looking for that player. And it's probably harder to spot on the island because you're not getting the edited version where they already know that Tony's a finalist and he's probably going to win or that JT's a finalist and he's definitely going to win. Um it's probably a harder spot, but that's going to be my goal is to, to spot my allies and spot who the target needs to be and try to drive people that listen, this is somebody who is going to win. Because a lot of times you get, <clears throat> excuse me, you get some, some votes that are based on, hey, this is, you know, this person gets on my nerves or this person is trying to drive the action. I don't care about that. This is a person that can win. So I'm going to focus on, that's going to be how I rally my alliance that's gonna be how i draw my people in and i'm say listen i feel like player a is the is the biggest threat to win this game right now and we want to get him out as soon as we can so as soon as he's uh he doesn't have the, the immunity necklace or as soon as she doesn't have the immunity necklace or we think that she doesn't have a hidden immunity idol we need to get her out because she's the biggest threat to win this game right now that's when I'm going to start being aggressive is in the post-merge. Not because I'm trying to like sandbag, because that's when I think aggressive gameplay rewards you the most. Um, and as I'm thinking, this, this kind of sounds like what Tony kind of did in um, Winners at War. Not that he was a complete non-factor in the pre-merge, but he wasn't out there 
driving a lot of conversations about who was going to go home. Um, he drove some, but th- that he was building relationships. It was after the merge that he started driving the boat. Um, so that, that's kind of going to be something I'm going to try to do if I ever get on, is to start driving the action late. Driving the action after the merge, really that's when it benefits you. Um, and so that, that's going to be, hopefully, how I can get, get into that final six, final five, final four. Um, and I'm just going to make making fire. I think the biggest asset in Modern Survivor, and it baffles me that everybody isn't this way, is I'm going to know how to make fire. Um, now, I'm not going to be open about how great I am at making fire. I'm not going to be the person who insists on making the fire every time. But I'm going to know how. Because if you know how to make fire, you're guaranteed to be at Final Tribal if you can just get to Final Four. And it baffles me how many people seem to forget that. That if I know how to make fire and I get to Final Four, I'm either, I can either win immunity, I can get picked to go to Final Tribal, or I can just win fire. And so it surprises me how many people in these more recent seasons get down to the end and lose because they they were learning how to make fire on the last day. Um, and that's just a huge weapon to have. So that's one where I'm definitely going to sandbag. I'm not going to let us not have a fire at camp, but I'm not going to be the one who jumps out and makes it every day, but I will know how to make it. Um, and I think that's the, the biggest way to get to final tribal. And then I, th- I think what Justin has always said is own your game. And if I get to final tribal, I think that's going to be the most important thing is what I've seen is in the, in the few seasons I've seen is that how you tell your story is important. It doesn't matter what your story is. It's how you tell it. And I'm a pretty good storyteller. And so I think that's where I would have an advantage if I got to final tribal. Because one, I'm not going to be somebody who stabbed a bunch of people in the back on purpose. But I'm also going to take great care in the game. Because what we talked about, what we actually didn't talk about yet, uh, that you guys heard, is Amanda completely screwed herself in China by telling Denise that she wasn't going to write Denise's name down and then going and writing Denise's name down. Those are the kind of unforced errors you just can't have. I'm never going to tell somebody, I'm never going to write your name down. In fact, in that situation in particular, there was no reason not to tell her, Denise, what we think is the right thing to do is to write your name down. And I'm telling you because I respect you. And the reason I'm writing your name down is because I think you're a threat to win this game. And if I go to final tribal council with you, you're going to win. And I can't let that happen. Now, one advantage I have that other players don't have is I'm a father of three. I can say to somebody, I have a wife and three children at home. Winning this money means a different life for them. And I want to give them that. And I can't give them that if I let you come to Final Tribal with me. That's going to play with an awful lot of people. And even if it doesn't earn them my jury vote, it doesn't lose my jury vote with them. And that's all I would need. And that's where I think there's some honesty that people think you always have to lie in Survivor. And I do think you, do, you it will be very hard to play that game and always tell everybody the truth. But there are ways you can 
uh, in real life, there a lie of omission is not better than is is usually not better than an outright lie. But in the game of Survivor, you can get away with lies of omission better. But I also think there's some times where just outright honesty. And that's a perfect example where Amanda, Amanda Denise is the perfect person that she's not going to go run tell Courtney and, and Todd, even if she does. And she runs and tells Courtney and Todd, Amanda told me you guys were, you know, that, that she, well, actually, I would not tell them. I would not tell Denise their vote specifically. There's no reason to. Just tell her, I'm going to vote for you. I can't tell you what Todd and Amanda are going to, or Todd and Courtney are going to do. But what I'm going to do is I'm voting for you, and here's why. Because I'm pretty good at reading people, and there are certain people that honesty will play with, and she's not going to hold it against you. She's not going to orchestrate. And if you're Amanda, you know that she can't orchestrate you going home because the other two agree that she needs to go home. So just tell her the truth. I'm voting you off because I know I can't beat you. And let, let that be that. Um, so I would do things like that. And because of that, I'm going to go into tribal council with, in my mind, very few people that just wouldn't vote for me. Very few people that just wouldn't give me the million dollars. Because I'm going to try not to have screwed anybody. And when I did, I'm going to have explanations for it. That is how Tony won his first million for sure is because he could look at people like LJ and say, I voted you out because I knew you were a threat. And that's true. That's not a lie. He said, I targeted you. I went after you with the thing about woo and the idol because I knew I needed to get you out. And I knew that was the only way I could convince them to get you out. I had to do it. You were a threat. So I got you out. As much as Tony is known known for lying and cheating and not cheating, but for for lying and backstabbing and all that stuff, that is that people want to compare and and listen in Survivor there in in everything there's sexism and there's racism, it's there, but everybody wants to point and say, well, there's no difference between Cass and Tony. If it, they're 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 the same player, Cass is, Tony's a man, so he gets away with it, and I disagree. Because when what won Tony the game is he could look at players like LJ and say, "I voted you out because you were a threat," and there are other people that are sitting on that jury that know it's the truth, that know that's why Tony wanted him out, and it's a hundred percent the truth. And Cass couldn't do that. If even if she was on, uh, even if she was at Final Tribal as a contestant with a chance to win a million dollars, she couldn't tell people the reason I voted you out was because I respect your game, or I voted you out because you were a threat to get me out. She was voting people out because they didn't go along with her. Sarah wasn't trying to get Cass out. When, when Cass targeted Lucina, there was no strategic point to that. It was just because Sarah ticked her off. Tony didn't do those things. He talked about doing it, but he never did it. And those are the difference between those players. And, and that's where I will not be the kind of player that Tony is because I'm a little bit more laid back. 
more, I'm not going to be somebody who's going to be spying on people all the time because I don't need that much information. Um, but I will copy from Tony in being able to explain everything within the greater narrative of, of my winning game. So that's, that, that's my nutshell of how I think I could win a million dollars in Survivor. Um, you may disagree with me, but uh, starts out being a, a, a physical worker for the tribe, um, strong socially with lots of different people, uh, kind of an open strategy going along with what's going on, um, into the merge. I'm going to try to solidify an alliance. I'm going to be open to, a, to an alliance with people who weren't in my original tribe. And I'm going to be more aggressive strategically after the merge. And I'm also going to make sure I know how to make fire because why wouldn't you learn? Why wouldn't you know how to do that? So anyway, uh, it's been a little bit of a quicker episode. It's just a solo episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully we'll get Justin back soon and we'll uh, walk through Samoa. And I hope you guys are having a great 2021 and we'll talk to you later.